Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mo Kill to recap a wild night of the playoffs. Mo, at the beginning of the night, I said, man, we may have to look at the tomorrow night's games. This might be an easy night. And we expected just chalk and we got a game winner and we got three, three top seeds. Almost just blowing leads uh, in this crazy, crazy night. Let's start with the late game. The Suns hold on to close out their series against the Clippers, 136 to 130. Devin Booker was absolutely insane in this game, had 47 points, a ridiculous third quarter mo. But let's start at the end of the game because the Suns had a really nice lead in the fourth quarter, and uh, it almost went away. I mean, I have so many things to say about their end-of-game stuff. They went into a prevent offense in the last five minutes of this game and basically were dribbling the ball at half court until about 12 seconds on the shot clock and trying to find a good shot after that. And then the ball would just constantly end up in their fifth guy's hands. And I mean, guys like Josh Kogi, um, you know, just, just trying to make plays out of it and so on it becomes extremely difficult. And I just don't understand why you do that in five with five minutes left in the game or at the four minute mark. Like that's something you start doing when you're up 10 with a minute left. This was just dumb, dumb, dumb stuff from the Suns right there. And then I, I got some thoughts there on who was playing uh, <laughs> at the end of the game there, but we can touch on that for a sec later. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing here, Mo, for the Suns is it, the recurring theme has been Huge minutes for Kevin Durant and for Devin Booker. And in this one, 44 minutes and 42, respectively. And, and that is an issue for them. And in the next round, I don't know that they're going to be able to do it. You need more guys. And tonight would have been a night where you like to see them maybe not hit that mid-40s or early, you know low 40s mark in minutes. But they had to stay out there because they just kept giving up the ghost to the Clippers. And we also got to give credit to the Clippers, like continuing to fight. Like one thing about that team, it was, there's been so many playoff teams. We know down three, one in a playoff series down 16 midway through the fourth quarter or whatever the lead was. And would literally just let go of the rope and the Clippers continued to fight. Like that was very impressive from them. Got some big shots from Norman Powell, got some big shots from Batum, uh, hustle plays across the board. Like I impressed with their fight there they just fall short with that but yeah Dave like for the Suns it was extremely important to try to get more rest in this thing if you could have blown them out KD and Booker don't have to play the last four or five minutes of this game it goes a long way but instead the way they tried to proceed offensively 
it really hurt them defensively. It allowed the Clippers to get out in transition and so on. Just not smart, man. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm not feeling their defense, man. I, I think you gave up 130 points to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is a giant red flag to me. What is Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray going to do against this defense? And, and those 44 minutes of Kevin Durant against the Clippers, man, those are going to be harder miles come next round against the Nuggets. Let's talk about the Clippers a little bit because this could have been an easy rollover game for them coming in without their best players, down 3-1, on the road. You know, that crowd in Phoenix is actually really, really good. It, it could have been a night where they rolled over, but they had a lead as big as 10 points in this one. Obviously, the third quarter, I mean, the Suns put up 50 points. I mean, it, there's just not a lot you can do when you've got Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden all making shots. I mean, you know, I be, the Clippers just didn't have the firepower. They doubled them up in the third quarter. Like, that was the thing. I'm not mad that they had they were yeah. down 10 at one point or anything like that. That happens in games sometimes. We, they were down we saw, 20, Mo. They were down 20. And they fought back to within two. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the oh, Suns you mean the being Suns, down, Suns, being down the 10 and then making that run there. Gotcha. But, like, honestly, that third quarter – that's the Suns that you look at and you go like, okay, that's a team that can win the championship. Devin Booker went completely off. You were you were saying you're not down with the defense. I thought they did a good job in the third quarter defensively. I think they've done a good job most of the series defensively with what they have and, and the tools they're dealing with. I think the fourth quarter was a, a, a thing of its own. But that's the team. When they're at their best, that's what it looks like. And I think that's the thing that they got to kind of harp on. And Russ was tough in that third quarter and not in a good way. Bad layup. Uh, Booker makes a three. Russ takes a bad pull-up three. Booker makes a, a heat check three. That was like an 11-point swing right there in that run there. And, and to give up 50 points, like you, it's really tough to win the game. They damn near did it, but it's really tough to come back and win that game. Yeah, well, let's talk about Russ for a minute. Uh, Tom in the chat over on YouTube asked for some predictions on his offseason. He's going to be a free agent. And Mo, I actually had a feeling coming into this game that Russ could be his own best friend or his own worst enemy in this game. And here's why. We've been singing his praises for how he's played with the Clippers, how he's played in this series. It has been big-time team basketball, high-effort defense, making extra plays, you know, getting offensive rebounds, doing all the little things, right? How did you feel like he did in this game? Do you feel like he maybe played a little bit into, like, his own business, like he, he kind of went into business for himself a little bit. I think this was one of those games from Russ you got to be a little bit afraid of, right? You know, three of 18, you know, he needed to hit the three of 19 for that to be a winning game for him. Um, because what he did in game one, if anybody right. didn't get yeah, the yeah. bad joke I made. Um, but you know, one is six from three, like these are bad sh threes from him are bad. Maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's not what you want. It's what the defense wants to give up and those types of scenarios. I think the important thing for Russ in the offseason to answer Tom's question, though, is he needs to find a team where he can do this. He's the primary ball handler. He's the engine that makes it go. We saw the success he had with the Clippers after Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were out. We saw the success he had in Washington when he was kind of that guy. That's where he, that's the team he needs to find in the offseason. I don't know what team that is yet. We have to see how the offseason shakes out. But he should be look to take a step back and then decide, you know, after some of these dominoes fall in the offseason that I think we is going to be very wild. Yep. And uh, you know, let's move on to the Oh, oh no, 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 no. I promised oh, you're one not thing. Done yet. I promised one thing. I wanted to say we didn't get back to it. Oh, yeah. 
I got to take Monty Williams to task. Under no circumstances should Landry Shamit be playing defensive possessions in the last three minutes of a game. He really shouldn't be on the court, but if you want to go offense, defense, fine. But he had opportunities to sub Landry Shamit out multiple times in those final possessions where we knew a defensive possession was coming up. And Shamit was the one that had to guard Norm Powell, and the Clippers were feasting off of that. That is criminal from a coach. I'm sorry. You cannot have that. You have to be better than that. Monty Williams knows this, and he has to do better than that. You can't have Landry Shamit out on the court for defensive possessions at the end of games. Even if you have to sacrifice offense, you can't give up these points defensively. That was a critical mistake, and it almost cost his sons this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match this offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. Yeah, and uh, reminds me a little bit of the early game, Mo, where the Atlanta Hawks somehow beat the Celtics 119-117. Trey Young was on the court for defensive possessions, but luckily he was also on the court for the final offensive possession for the Atlanta Hawks. Just like Quinn Snyder drew it up, Trey Young takes a 30-something foot three-pointer to win the game. That is ice Cold ice Trey Young. He had a ridiculous game, man. 38 points. That was a gutty playoff performance. And we've seen him do this, you know, in the playoffs before. He's not scared of the moment. It hit big, big free throws down the stretch, hit a bunch of big threes down the stretch. And just a crazy game from a guy who, when he does this, you know, we love him so much. Uh, I don't really, but like in, in that sense, he still took some of those really bad threes. But the more important thing. When Trey Young got the ball with six seconds left and they inbounded it to him in the backcourt and he was just slowly walking up, if everybody knew a 30-footer was coming, if you're the Celtics, why aren't you running to double him at half court? Just just take the ball completely out of his hands. No DeJounte Murray. Really, who else do you re- that afraid of on this Atlanta Hawks team in that instance? Like, if he's going to be, 
you knew it was coming. He didn't rush up the court or anything. He literally, I almost feel like he, he did one of those things where you dribble and wipe his hands on the jerseys <laughs> and then go yeah. and, and that type of thing. And I just feel like you got to just go double him right away. They were too slow from the Celtics to respond. That was a ballsy shot with the season on the line, Dave. Like I was stunned by that one. It's, it was insane. I, I, I loved it so much. Um, the, the big story here is that the Celtics are supposed to be the better team. They, they should have swept this series, Mo. This is a case of, you know, sort of playing with your dinner a little bit, and then you get ice tray in your face to, to you know, go back to Atlanta where, I don't know, man, uh, are you worried about the Celtics at all after, you know, this game and, and the previous game that they dropped in this series? I'm not worried. I just think it's a level of like focus and attention to detail. I mean, look, let's just be honest. Tatum shot poorly, one of 10 from three awful. with yeah. everything. I mean, Jalen Brown was phenomenal in this game, but I think across the board after that, it's pretty rough what you're looking at. You know, Robert Williams gave him a good boost off the bench. So did Malcolm Brogdon. But who else after that? You know, and I think that's pretty tough in that scenario. Marcus Smart going one of four from three. Like when this is a team about the Celtics, when they're not hitting their threes, they're very beatable, and that's something that can happen. I think this one, defensively, they let go of the rope. They lost focus a little bit. I think you said it correctly. Playing with your food, you know, in this game is is a massive one. We saw, you know, this is one of those games. They were up. To cl- they they got to close this game out at home. It's a big win for the Hawks. No DeJounte Murray, everything that goes with that. It's a big win for the Hawks, and to be honest, the one thing I'll say is you give them a little life. You've given them a little bit more life, a little more confidence that they can hang with you. And the more you do that, the more you put yourself in danger. Yep. Tatum and Smart, I I thought the last five minutes of this game, just it it was just, to me, a comedy of errors. I mean, it was uh, Marcus Smart with some bad fouls, a couple of bad turnovers. Just you you mentioned missed shots. Um, I'm not sure what what lineup Boston should be closing with, but it feels like when Marcus Smart kind of doesn't have it going for you out there that you've got other options. You know, Malcolm Brogdon maybe could have closed this game. Maybe you have Derek White sort of leading your offense like like we watched him do quite a bit during the regular season. You know, I, I just when they when they fall into these bad habits mode that just haunted them the last few seasons, last year especially, they fall into these bad habits at the end of games where the the offense is going nowhere. They don't get good looks. And then you couple that with just bad plays, you know, on the defensive end. I'm just not sure why we don't see a, a quicker trigger when it comes to changing the lineup. I think Missoula is too married to the rotation. I mean, just look at how long it took him to start playing Derek White in the fourth quarter of games. I think that's something that's that's uh, uh, a factor. Like, you got to watch for these things. And you're right. This is a night Malcolm Brockton had it going and Marcus Smart didn't. It's okay if you if you sit markets for a game and say, hey, man, you don't have it tonight. He does. Let's go win this series and then worry about Philadelphia. And I think that's one of those things where you just got to just got to change it up there. And I think he's too married to his rotations. He stays stuck with it. I think that's something that maybe with with more coaching experience, he'll feel more comfortable with. But that one hurt. And I think smart hurt them a lot in this game. All right, let's go ahead and swing it back to the West. This team is going to play the Suns. The Denver Nuggets, they sealed the deal, but they also played with their food moat. They almost blew another game to the Timberwolves, but they pull it out 112-109. Nikola Jokic had a really rough night. He, he was only 8 of 29 
shooting mode. This is, I, I'm wondering if it's the wrist, but he also looked kind of tired down the stretch, but he did finish up big late because that's what he does. Had 28 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists, two steals, two blocks, but but he was just getting big buckets late to really kind of willing them to this victory. He had a play, Dave, where it looked like Cap played pretty solid defense on him, except for the fact that he fouled out. <laughs> four fouls i think in the final six minutes or something like that um but cat did a great job on a play where he stopped him dead cold and and basically blocked the shot but the ball still ended up right next to Jokic, and he dropped a beautiful dime to aaron gordon underneath the basket for an and one on rudy gobert like i think that was kind of the stuff he was doing the 12 assists was going a lot more further than than anything else and at the end of the day for this game i mean the wolves win this game if they could just get four more defensive rebounds that simple. And they just, I mean, they got, they gave up 16 offensive rebounds, only got eight. So plus eight in the, or minus eight, excuse me, on the offensive glass battle. That's that hurt you. And I think that's something that was a big difference there. There was a big play where Rudy Gobert gave up an offensive rebound to Aaron Gordon after you get a stop and it turned into a Michael Porter jr. Three right after that. And I think those are big plays right there. Those are costly things. You got to finish defensive possessions with these offensive rebounds, excuse me, with defensive rebounds, you give up these offensive rebounds, you're giving up a, a another opportunity there. And that's really what hurt the wolves tonight. Yep. A uh, big game from Jamal Murray had 35 points was five of nine from three. Uh, the two-man game with him and Jokic, it, it looks pretty unstoppable. I, I'm not sure what Phoenix is going to do with that. Michael Porter Jr. had 43 points the other night. Didn't score until 10 minutes left in this game, and he finally broke the seal with a, a dunk in traffic, Mo. And then you mentioned the three that he hit. Um, his defense, we, we gave him some credit on, on Nerder She Wrote last week. I thought his defense in this game was still really good in spite of the poor shooting night. I mean, that's kind of the mark right there, right? Poor shooting night, but still extremely effective. And, you know, on that point, plus nine in the uh, uh, plus minus rating there. And I know individual plus minus all that noise and stuff like that. But that says a lot because he was making plays on that end. Ten rebounds finishing that game, not not letting his poor offense affect him defensively. That's some solid stuff there from what you want from Michael Porter Jr. Like this has been an eye opening series in terms of watching him defend. And he's done this actually really most of the season. And I'm pretty, pretty excited to see how he's cooking. The offense will come, but you just got to do the other stuff on the other end. And he's doing it right now. And it's huge, huge for the the nuggets, especially they're going to need it badly in the next series. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's, you know, sort of close the book on the Timberwolves. Um, this series, I think the story of the series Anthony Edwards is a star, and everything they do this summer needs to be about maximizing him. He had 29 points in this game, was getting to the basket at will, had eight rebounds, seven assists, a couple of blocks. And, I mean, that block that he had tonight in transition, uh, it looked like prime Danny Green out there, Mo. Oh, jeez, you with your Danny Green references. But more importantly, Dave, did you think that three at the buzzer was going in? It looked good. It I looked thought good. that thing was falling. That thing looked so good. I mean, that's just kind of how impressive he's been for the most part in this like series and just the, the way he leveled up. Like, I love that he took that shot. It was a, a, a tough one. Good defense from the Nuggets for the most part in the way they handled that. But damn, man, he's unbelievable. He does something every game where you're just like, wow, that's an amazing play. And that's Anthony Edwards in a nutshell right there. I'm excited to watch the progression and see how he develops next season. But the other thing I appreciate, he's a two-way player. He's working on both ends of the court. I love that, and we need more of that from our stars. 
Yeah, another storyline that I'm going to bring up is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Speaking of a two-way player, this guy really couldn't get minutes anywhere else. And then he's kind of carved out a role. He's starting in a playoff game and actually did pretty well. I thought his defense on Jamal Murray was about as good as you could get. You know, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are really good. But he made him work for the for the points that he got in this series. Had 14 points of his own. Managed to hit some shots. Carl Anthony Towns had 26, 11 rebounds. Fouled out. Uh, but there was some effort there on the defensive end. How'd you feel about Carl Anthony Towns in the game, Mo? I thought Towns was good. You know, I mean, the fouls, aside from the fouls, I thought his effort defensively was solid. I thought he was good in this game. He kind of gave Jokic some trouble for the most part. He, he was there and locked in with everything that they possibly needed. The uh, um, I He needs to figure out some of those fouls were dumb. There was a dumb push foul right on Jokic in the post where he just kind of throws a forearm. And every time he acts, shocked, by the way, chill out there. Carl, like you, you are fouling. And I think that's kind of those things there, but for the most part, can't be mad at the, the effort he gave it on that end of the court tonight. Yeah. And we got to talk about Rudy Gobert because this is, he's a lightning rod for this team. Uh, 16 points, 15 rebounds, no blocks, Mo. He had uh, no blocks. I actually didn't feel like he did a great job helping out on Jokic in this game. No, he didn't. And, and, you know, like they switched him on to Jokic after T Towns picked up his fifth foul. And, you know, Jokic, he gets to stop first time on Jokic and then gives up the, the offensive rebound there. And I think that's kind of the, the deal there. The one I mentioned earlier with Aaron Gordon was on him. Listen, he finished with 15 rebounds, and that's a nice number. Uh, the the counting numbers that go with that, we, we're like, oh, that's a big number. But he gave up a lot more offensive rebounds, I felt like, that were – opportunities that really let the nuggets kind of carry away with this game. So it's, it's pretty tough when you're looking at this game and you're just going to have to shake your head and be like, man, that's a, that's a tough one. And considering everything they gave up, it's, it's going to be a long off season for some wolves. I, I literally have no idea what direction they're going to go this summer. I mean, it could go any number of ways. And I, as long as everything is focused on maximizing Anthony Edwards, I think that's the right direction, which Again, in hindsight, we all have 2020 vision when we look back at the Gobert trade. I liked it just fine because I'm into trying to win. So, uh, didn't work out this season, but maybe next year. I don't know. Uh, he's only getting older, I guess. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Moda Keel, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.